Good morning, Sunday. This is that time when you're officially late. Please find your seats. So yeah, this week we're continuing our summary. When my endeavors draft futility, God's answer inspires lasting beauty. We covered wisdom and maturity. Now we're on the E, when my endeavors. E is for what? <laughs> is for what? Yeah, education. No, eggplants are disgusting. Though beautiful because they're part of God's creation. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, yeah, education is next. Wisdom and maturity were both super foundational things like we um, were talking about the last couple of weeks, having to do with really knowing the, the meat of God's teaching and how we base you know, everything in our lives off of that. Maturity, the same thing, taking those, those um, parts that God commands us to be, to be like him in all those different ways, and maturity is bringing those things to full fruition so they're, they're beautiful before God so that they cover all the things that they're supposed to cover instead of being narrow-minded or whatever or self-focused or those kinds of things that we talked about. Education is um, an important one. It's adding on to the foundation of those things. And it's what I, it's what I like to call an add-on item. You know, like on Amazon where you like get a, a stuff and then you get to throw on like a really cheap one with free shipping. Um, but it's still important. It's still substantial. Even the smallest thing um, from God is better than the best thing that man can come up with. The least in the kingdom of heaven is better than the greatest on earth, as scripture puts it, paraphrased, of course. <clears throat> so, education complements that foundation and accents those necessities that we've been talking about. We are, in fact, meant to be educated, created in God's image of a rational being like him. And, uh, yeah, we're meant to engage our brains in our tasks, in our services to God and to each other. So education is a key factor as we try to live out our lives as beautiful in the sight of God. And in that process, we need to make sure that we understand that our education is from God and for God and with each other in that process. <clears throat> so yes, indeed, education is supposed to be starting with God, like everything else in our lives, right? You see the pattern? Like everything starts with God if we're going to be true to that and to give it the power and um, effect that it needs and God the glory for all those things as he deserves. Um, mostly the Bible speaks specifically about teaching and education in regard to the ways of the Lord, right? Knowing and learning his scripture, his laws, um, building our character of righteousness, etc. These things are all good, and I don't want to undersell the importance of those in any way, shape, or form. And so we'll, we'll sort of be bouncing and touching off of those things. It's essential for us to know our God through his word um, and being educated in that. And those things gives us a more mature filter to view the rest of those things and to be discerning in our education and all that stuff, which James will talk about with you next week, being discerning in that educational process. But God presents another layer of education as well. Um, 
we'll call it exploration for now, you know, learning in that way. At creation, man obviously was exploring the nature that he'd been um, put in, that had been made for him. Uh, yeah, and God gave us senses and things like that. We can see the scripture tells us that by looking at nature and God's creation, including ourselves, we can know God by that. We know that God is a God who wants us to explore those things because of what he gave us. He gave us all these things, you know, sight and hearing and um, taste and touch and smell and all those things. He didn't give us telepathy or x-ray vision, right? He didn't give us those cheater senses that we fantasize about and those things that let us, like, see into things that without making any effort for it. But he gave us these senses for interacting and observing, for learning and growing, for um, being challenged in ways that are inexhaustible. Like, we can observe all these things, but we can never know everything about that. And that has something very unique and telling about our nature. Every aspect of ourselves and our world is almost infinitely complex, right? Even this smallest thing, it's like people spend their whole lives learning about ants or something, you know, silly like that. And it's like, the, the amount of information in there is vast, just in a tiny little creature like that. Um, yeah, God made our world like that because that is what we need as people, as created in the image of an intelligent and intellectual God who is infinite, and we um, continue to exist as well through him. So we are made not only just to learn right now, but yeah, to learn infinitely. Um, having nothing on the opposite side of things, having nothing to learn gets real depressing. You know, I don't care how much you claim that you hate school and all these things. If you have nothing to learn, if you have no way to grow, then, wow, it's like your eyes just like popped out out of the peripheral. Isabella is has a special talent there. Um, yeah, learning is rewarding, whether we like it or not, and we need to learn how to process it as that. And this is kind of part of what we're talking about here. Um, learning with a connection to God is especially fulfilling. Just knowing this information and stuff, people spend their whole lives engrossed in it, and it's rewarding for them, and they'll convince themselves um, that it's good and worthwhile in and of itself. At the end of their life, they're still going to be asking, what the heck did I live my life for, for ants? Like, what did I do here? You know? Um, but when we connect all these things to God, we find a real fulfillment in it, in our education. God set up the value of education and productivity. You know, he spawned through his teaching, through his character, through all these factors coming together. He caused, well, you could say that he made science or he spawned science, or you could say that he gave us no choice but to spawn that, to, to make that up ourselves just because of following through with who we are in his image and those things. We can't not want to learn about our world. It comes, that science thing comes from just a few biblical principles even, to give you a couple examples. That God and truth are both knowable. That people are valuable and that productivity is good. All these things are like givens in our culture because our culture is either Christian in nature or borrows almost everything that it has from Christianity. Um, those things aren't givens in the world. There are many, you know, Eastern and secular religions and stuff that do not provide those values and that framework to justify these kinds of exploration. But we do have that, and we don't want to take that for granted. 
<clears throat> so we find a logical God-provided connection to exploration, learning, and education. And more than that, God also provides us, you know, things that are specifically spiritual gifts, you know. Like, there is a spiritual gift of teaching, meaning that there is a God-centered value of education. God wants us to teach. He wants people to learn. And these gifts are from God. It's not a product of sin nature. Um, and we know that God is on board because of that. It's in his design. And in that disposition to teach, for example, we have both spiritual and physical aspects of that. It's not generally um, necessarily kept separate, but the physical and spiritual um, motivation to teach and to learn in those ways, they are meant to be reconciled and to be consistent with each other. One of the greatest crimes that has happened in the history of theology is that we've separated those two, is that we gave up that um, relation of God and observable learning and science and those things. Like, we've separated those two for no good reason. But we need to try to correct that in our future generations here with our legacy as we are teaching and seeking to learn. One quote that's really famous um, is, all truth is God's truth, you know? And that's from Augustine around the year 400 or so. It's one of his most popular quotes, but it, it frames that very nice, that all truth is God's truth. Um, science, whether it is from science or from philosophy or whatever, if it's true, it's from God, because God made all of these things. And that's not something that we need to be ashamed of. We need to foster that. And it's something that, as we're looking to make our choices in life, right, as we're looking to make not just wise choices, not just mature choices, but educated choices, we need to keep going back to that, to remembering where our education comes from, that it is from God, and that all truth is God's truth, and that there is a connection there. And if you don't see a connection there, you're either focusing on the wrong thing, or you're not thinking about it hard enough, you know? And there's lots of resources to where we can figure out exactly how God can be connected to our productivity in our education in those things. God has wanted us to be educated from the very beginning, you know, from the garden all the way through with equipping his church with people with gifts that want to teach, with everybody that wants to learn. Everybody knows children, and they're like little learning sponge machines, you know? It's like that's who we are. God has wanted us to be educated and to learn from the very beginning, and he continues that to this day. However, education is not really for us at the end of the day, right? What is for us at the end of the day? Not much. You know, as we live our lives, we don't live our lives for ourselves. We live our lives for each other. We live our lives for God. Education is no exception to that. Being, education, being educated is not a general, like, knowledge is power standpoint for a disciple of Christ, right? Knowledge is power, what does that mean? It's like, you know, knowledge is power for, I mean, generally how you take that, how people take that is a um, tool for yourself, but knowledge is not a super weapon. Knowledge oftentimes is a fake comfort, right, like a drug. We want to know all these things when, you know, a lot of us have, like, control issues or 
just a passion for those kinds of things, and it makes us feel good to learn because that's who we are created to be. We're created to feel productive when we do that. But like anything, if we rely on that instead of where it comes from, it turns inappropriate. So we need to keep in mind that knowledge is a fake comfort if it's not corrected or if it's not put in the correct perspective there. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, I'm going to read a little bit of it. It says, Paul says, Now regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one who God recognizes. These people, they have a knowledge about the details of a matter that they were discussing and, and having some conflict over and whatever. Um, and they have some knowledge about their freedom in Christ and being able to do what they want, essentially, and um, live the way that they want. But Paul warns of the pitfall of that superior knowledge that they feel like they have, that they're trying to use. It can ironically make us miss the point of having superior knowledge. Many people in the pursuit of knowledge have grossly missed the point of their existence and of productivity. But the point of knowledge is to strengthen the body through love and um, be productive in that way instead of getting all impressed with ourselves, right? And accomplishing what we want. We want to be able to, you know, justify eating a certain thing or justify certain actions or justify a certain pursuit in our life and so on and so forth. But knowledge is to strengthen the body through love. Education is to strengthen the body through love. Do you want to avoid this pitfall? Then root your knowledge in God first. Root your education in God first. Your choices, that you're seeking to inform yourself of these choices, make sure that God's connected at the base of those things as we pursue that. Then bend your knowledge toward loving and strengthening the church in that. Focus those things in on those, <clears throat> those deals that God wants us to do. Solomon concluded this in Ecclesiastes, spoiler for Hearts Grab Tuesday, people, sorry. Chapter 12, Ecclesiastes. It's okay. This, this book's been out for a while, so it shouldn't be a spoiler. <laughs> Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 9. Keep this in mind. The teacher was considered wise, and he taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs, studying and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truths clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful but helpful. Their collected sayings are like a nail-studded stick with which a shepherd drives the sheep. But, my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful, for writing books is endless and much study wears you out. Sure does. But it's good if it's coming from the right place. And what Solomon is talking about is studying apart from God, apart from figuring out that all things come from God and it's good, like a worthy life is serving him day after day. Education in and of itself, the pursuit of knowledge, which he had plenty of as he was king and he was the wisest person ever, 
education in and of itself can burn you out. And how many people don't use their degrees and stuff, you know? Tons, tons and tons. <laughs> I got a hand raised. Um, yeah, why? Well, oftentimes there's no purpose behind that, right? Somebody says, I want to do this with my life, I want to, or I'm interested in this. And so you learn about these things, and then you get out into the real world, and it's like, oh, there's no jobs for this, or oh, this job isn't going to make me as much money as I could make working in a warehouse or something, you know? I got to provide for my family and stuff. Like, this education, it's in vain if we don't make it come from the right spot. People can have no purpose even when they have the knowledge of all of those things and don't seek God's blessing in that. But we're called to help and equip and provide for others with our pursuit of education, our pursuit of knowledge because of our love for God. Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Education is a great way to do this. What Bible verse is that from? The answer is, it's not. In fact, all Jesus did with fish, pretty much, was give them to people. He fed like 10,000 people for a day with fish, you know? And bread. It's true. Good detail. In fact, Jesus took people away from fishing, right? Peter and Andrew and James and John, they're sitting there doing their fishing for their family and stuff, and he's like, you guys, quit doing that. I'm going to teach you fish for what really matters. I'm going to teach you fish for men. Or Jesus miraculously made them catch like a million fish all at once. They didn't have to learn how to fish for that. They tried to fish all night. They didn't catch nothing. And then he was like, hey, throw the net out on this side. And then the net like came in with a, just a trillion fish and it was like ripping and it just like blew Peter's mind. You know, I love it. I just love it. I love fishing. Um, why did he do that? Why did he pull people away from their practical tasks? You know, why did he feed thousands instead of teaching them how to feed themselves as, you know, Confucius say or you know, the founder of Taoism or somebody in the 1800s. Those are different things I've heard about that one quote about, you know, teach a man to fish, feed him for a day, or feed him for a lifetime instead of giving him a fish. Um, but yeah, one, why did he do that? Why did he feed thousands of people instead of teaching them to fish for themselves? Because one solid day of godly teaching in front of the Son of God is a lifetime of value and beyond, right? It's like that foundation is what is up. When we go about our education, we need to keep these things in mind that it's not about the practicality of those things. It's about what's underneath that as the first priority. And the practicality of those things will follow. But first, all those people needed to learn about the spiritual things. Jesus taught about life and how to live with others, about righteousness, about God's kingdom. Learning to fish is short-sighted, and job skills only go so far, especially when you're following a God who provides. But training in righteousness reaches across life. By far, the most biblical account of teaching is focused on God, uh, not practical things. It's really hard to find verses in the Bible, trust me, about you know, 
teaching what we consider to be education, you know, like knowledge about stuff. It's really hard. All the teaching in Scripture is about God and about learning um, a life of righteousness and so on and so forth. Remember, though, that the absence of an idea in Scripture doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that it needs to be filtered. Take note, though, for example, that uh, Jesus didn't teach about disconnected, abstract spiritual things, right? He wasn't, um, you know, Gnostic and things like that. But how about, um, but he taught about how our physical world should conform to God's design and God's intent for us and desire for us in that. His teaching was from God, for God, and seeks to include us as Jesus' disciples in that process. Discipleship requires all kinds of ed education, um, but not necessarily practical education, you know, not by definition anyway. Um, discipleship is about all sorts of of things, and most of that is spiritual in nature. However, it does exist in the physical world, and so we are side by side in that task, and we have to keep those in mind. Basic ideals um, from God, like the value of people and compassion and gifting and talents and stewardship, propel us to a conclusion. All those things communicate a certain thing when we put all those together, especially you know, the basic ideals of God like we talked about before that spawned things like science. Um, yeah. And then you put together the value of people and the attribute of compassion toward each other and our giftings and talents that God has given us and the responsibilities of us to do right by what we've given, by what we're given. They push us to a conclusion that we can and should own practical education too. It's the best way to fulfill God's law. It's the best way to follow Christ in that way. We can't get around it. But it's not a standalone resource, right? It's supposed to be inspired by our training in righteousness. First, we seek God's wisdom. Then we allow that to mature and it will find roots in our physical world as we're in discipleship relationships with people to bring it to physical use for God, making sure that our education, once again, is for God and with each other. And that results in mastery and service. The reality is that a discipleship relationship takes place in the real world and not just across a table at Denny's or cultural cultured caveman. Is that the name? Yeah? Yeah. So living with a heart trained up in the ways of the Lord will teach them life skills as a byproduct of teaching about God. Maybe byproduct's a bad word for it, but in the process of that, we do teach life skills. How do you best teach compassion? You know, by helping people meet their needs and figuring out how to best do that? How do you best teach people how to meet needs effectively? Through life skills and knowledge, understanding, you know, what people, how people think and what they're made of and how to physically, you know, clean things and build stuff and whatever. Um, those things are relevant. How do you best teach someone how to love God and appreciate all he's done? Well, it's by teaching about God's work and all the details of the world that it's created and its history and things like that. You know, how do you teach a person not to make, you know, dumb mistakes that people have made for centuries? Well, you teach them about all the mistakes that people have made for centuries and the, like the history of that and all those things. 
but it's all connected to God, and we need to make those educational choices and frame how we teach people and how we ourselves set ourselves up to learn in that context. Education is, of course, best done with each other, you know, that teaching process. We have the internet now, and so in theory, you can learn by yourself with books and the internet and like those things, but relationship is good. Discipleship is good. All those things are a more mature version of learning instead of sitting on a computer by yourself somewhere and just surfing Wikipedia for forever. Instead, if we want to be educated, we should try to do it with each other in this way. Is my knowledge just for me? You know, we should ask ourselves. If it's not, we should be interacting with other people in that process. For most of the world's existence, education happens from person to person. And in our body, we can ask our local experts about all kind of stuff, right? About, you know, the IRSers for taxes and money, or Jake the mechanic, or Sturgis or Paul for seemingly everything, you know? <laughs> um, everything like physical and practical like that. Julia and Aunt Chris for home ec and music, or um, Parker over there, where do you go? Parker over here for insurance and style and how to be classy. <laughs> Make sure your choices and decisions are educated, though. Do right by what you're given in that process. Do right by what you're gifted um, from God. Romans chapter 12, in verse 6, Paul says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong, hold tightly to what's good, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. There's a lot going on in there. If you heard some key words, um, there's teaching in there, right? God wants us to use our gifts well just in general, as the theme to the first uh, like half of that passage, including teaching. If God wants his people to teach well, he also wants them to learn well, right? So as we try to educate ourselves, as we seek to educate each other, we want to be all in, in that process with one another, with education. As with everything, our lives are not for ourselves. So they're for God and for each other, and we need to always remember that. Education is the venture, just connecting the first and second half of that passage, education is the venture of really loving others, as Paul put it. It's another way of loving and serving one another in one of those needs that's intrinsic, that's fulfilling, that is productive, especially if it's done with the right focus. Um, and it should be connected with other people. So if I ask you, why are you getting educated? You know, other people should be within your answer in that. It's something that we need to think about. If I ask you, how are you getting educated? 
other people should be within your answer, right? Even if that process is, you know, I'm taking an online class, and through that process, like as I'm learning these things, I'm sharing that with other people around me because it's interesting and it's productive and, and whatever. I have a plan to use this with other people, and I'm trying to start figuring out ways to put that into, into practice and so on and so forth. Other people should always be within our answer for those things. We are in a body here locally and a larger church body and within the world that desperately needs service and a better perspective on education, teaching people how to include God in all those things where he rightfully deserves to be. We all have a narrative through which we filter all the facts and all the educational experiences that we receive. People often look at the same facts but reach totally different conclusions, right? We see it all the time, debates and whatever. Politics is my favorite one because I feel like it's just, you know, like you're looking at one thing, one person says, no, we are not in financial trouble, and the other person says, yes, we're in financial trouble. It's like, okay, well, those are mutually exclusive. How can, what's going on here? They're looking at the same thing, but totally different conclusions. It's because we have different narratives that we filter the facts and educational experiences. For us, we are to have a specific narrative that's built on um, God. We are to be of one heart and one mind, even in education in that, right? In loving collaboration with one another, with purpose to our education, with vision for what we're going to do with our education, be that for God and for people and so on and so forth. And we're to do that with God's blessing, seeking his blessing throughout that in prayer and in communication with people and trying to follow the spirit of the law, the law of Christ in that. So, yeah, education has its place behind wisdom and maturity for sure in this chain of education being close to God and understanding where he's coming from and the foundation, the spiritual and philosophical foundation that he sets that drives our whole life and bringing those things to maturity, getting ourselves to that place where we are choosing the best option and not the first one that we see or not the option that's just including and taking care of ourselves, but the one that takes care of the people that, are, that need it the most and the different aspects of those things and not just approaching that um, just giving it the old college try without doing any studying, but following through with God's worldview that if we're going to do right by those things, we're going to bring in education to do that with. You could talk about a trillion examples in terms of what that looks like. Everything we can do better if we're better educated about it. But the question is, are we going to do it in a way that is beautiful in God's sight? Are we going to bring in education in a way that focuses on Christ, or are we going to bring in education that focuses on self and the mechanics of things and feeding a man for a day, you know? Or whatever, like trying to teach him to feed himself for a lifetime, which on the surface you're like, oh, that sounds really great. You know, we're going to teach a man to feed himself and his family for a lifetime. But... If you don't include God in that educational process, what you're teaching them is that God's not involved in you getting fed. Your food doesn't come from God. 
your food comes from your own work and your own understanding, and education becomes an idol, you know? Those things are not how we want to be as we make our choices that are going to be beautiful before God. And sometimes that's a subtle difference, but it is a bold and specific difference, pointing to a person through that educational process where God belongs in that. And to be quite honest, in our culture, and you know, even like for me, if you were to bring up a random topic or whatever, like a practical topic and say, where is God in this? Where can you explain God's place in that? I might have a hard time doing that because we're not taught to think that way. You know, it's been, it's been worked out of our culture, our dependence on God in that way. And so we need to be responsible and work to put God back where he deserves to be, which is at the beginning of all of those things, at the beginning of this educational process that informs how we're going to best um, point to God and help each other um, spiritually and then following that physically as we live our lives, right? So, yeah, let's do that. Let's think about that with some questions. Do you think of learning as a blessing or a chore? Kids, obviously, school is a big topic of that. Um, do you think of learning as a blessing or a chore? Adults, continuing education is oftentimes a thing. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, they're shipping me off for some stupid, like, whatever it is that we're going through um, for the IRS or for electrician stuff or anyway we always have to learn because our world's constantly changing but is that a blessing or a chore uh or in helping people with life problems is another good example in that you know you may not how to know how to help someone and that person may not know how to help yourself but you may have the tools to help them be educated or get educated yourself so that you can help that person like this process happens all the time with us you know are those things a blessing or a chore? Everyone um, in general here is like tasked with book studies and Bible study homework maybe. Um, actually, we've kind of done away with homework because people don't do it, you know? It's a sad reality. Uh, and I understand, like it's tough to make time for those things, but we need to view those things as a blessing and not a chore. So how do you think of learning? Um, why do you learn things? Why do you pursue information is another way of putting that. You know, do you factor God into that, into that thought process of why you pursue information and how can you better include God and other people in that um, decision process of what you're going to pursue in terms of learning? And then lastly, how can you better include others in your education? How can you better include others in your education? Okay, let's go talk.